This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 60. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Kathy Bosco. Kathy is a creative professional, nature lover, and visual communications designer working to make the web a better place for all. Hi, Kathy. It's great to have you here. It's wonderful to be with you today. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. Thanks for joining us, Kathy. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself, if you would. Well, I'm uh, 21 years old with 30 years experience, as they say. So I'm a mature designer. <laughs> I work out of Connecticut. Uh, I have been self-employed since I was 30. So that's 21 years now. My husband's also self-employed. So we work really hard and um, fixed up an old farmhouse and graduated from art school and have been real self-motivated um, entrepreneurs. And, uh, you know, we've had highs and lows with that process. So I started full-time on my own to stay home with my dog. So I really recommend that as an incentive. If you want to start your own business, get a dog. Wow, I love that. So you and your husband both work for yourselves. Do you both, do you share an office or work from home? Or what is that like uh, being together that much? I assume. Well, he does not work from home. I'm the one that works from home. So when I first started working um, full-time, designing and drawing and doing commission portraiture, uh, I worked in the attic. And now I have a studio outside that's connected to my um, garage. So I have to like leave the house to go out to the studio, which is awesome. And then he's, he works outside the house. So he's a painting contractor. So a little bit independent. That's great. And um, do you both then have a good amount of flexibility that you're able to sort of pick up and go whenever you want to and give yourselves as much vacation time? Or is there more pressure when you're supporting yourselves? You've always got to have work and it's hard to say no to anything. So you never take a vacation. What's that situation? Yeah, we're definitely in the, we never take a vacation column. <laughs> if we do, we go visit my family because I'm from Colorado. Um, so we rarely take vacations. Seems like my busy time is his slow time and his slow time is my busy time. So, uh, yeah, no. And with, you know, the cost of health insurance and all of that, it is definitely more challenging. Yeah, I can imagine that's the case. I think a lot of people who are self-employed rely on their spouse or significant other to, uh, to cover benefits like health insurance. And, and it is expensive when you work for yourself, for sure. It, it definitely is. Can you tell us a little bit about your relationship to WordPress and where that came from as a, you, you have an art and design background. So, so where does WordPress fit in? Absolutely. Uh, I, uh, my background's in fine art. So I've always been a visual artist and uh, I started running with a trail running group in uh, Connecticut when we moved here and the leaders of our running group had a little WordPress website. And so I started learning WordPress on that site. So it was for building community and inspiring each other to run further, farther, longer. Some of the people in the group run 100 milers. There's a lot of ultra runners and wow. things like that. So everybody's a little um, 
uh, creative and entertaining with all of the, you know, training that goes into those types of adventures. Uh, so I learned on that website. And then as an illustrator, I needed my own website. So I needed a way to get my own portfolio online. Um, I didn't start out with my portfolio on WordPress because that seemed a little bit daunting. So I was using things like, oh, you've heard of GeoCities and those old <laughs> applications. Um, so learning WordPress was very empowering to me once I got my portfolio moved into WordPress website. And I started empowering others with it. Um, you know, friends started a craft brewery. I would build a website for them. Uh, I just, I just really loved it. And I became certified with the Adobe suite so that I could do all of those interactive types of digital drawings because my studio was completely analog because all I did was draw and, you know, analog photography and film and that sort of thing. So I definitely felt very fortunate to ride the digital wave and to transition into completely. Now we're a thousand percent digital. Um, but I still draw on those skills and I just love the web so much more because it's immediately gratifying. Yeah. You can share it immediately. It's much more, I don't know, animated, interactive. Yep. So so your preference is digital over over analog now? Yeah, I've done so many drawings and stuff over the years. We just cleaned out our attic. I mean, I've done hundreds and hundreds of commission portraitures, and I can hardly remember half of them that I've done. And I know that people cherish their drawings that they do of their kids or their family or whatever we did for them, some sort of memorials. I did a lot of memorials. And that was really fulfilling work, um, but it's just, it's, it, I don't know, it's, it feels a little less interactive to me. Yeah, well, it was meaningful work, but I prefer this now. Yeah, and people digitize all of that stuff now too. So once yeah. you have all of that, you can, you can now digitize it and perfect it and do a lot more than you could do when you were doing it just by hand. I know I used to do illustration also, and I look at the tools available now and I just think, oh my gosh, I would have saved myself so much time. <laughs> I know, it's true. I know. I have one pen. Yeah. <laughs> Which one of the 87 pens do I want to use? Well, I'll just use this one and change the setting. It's yeah. just amazing. It's just things, have, things have really changed. And I, I'm so grateful that I was able to change with things because when I was in art school, there were no, I mean, it was beta, VH1, analog photography, filmmaking was not digital. So... So I want to ask you about that because, you know, Tara and I both have design, print design backgrounds and we're perhaps not young enough to have started uh, digital. We transitioned as well. And I want to ask you about how you came to that kind of, kind of emotionally, psychologically, mentally, because it's, you know, we've all embraced it, right? You know, we, we make WordPress websites and we're on a podcast, but there can be challenges and some things about web design I didn't immediately like, and I really struggled with from a design control standpoint. And I wonder, it sounds like you just loved the opportunity and didn't have any qualms about embracing it, but maybe, maybe you can just dive into that a little bit for us. Well, it's true. It, it was incredibly frustrating to learn the tools to express the way you wanted to learn to express. Cause you could 
you couldn't immediately use illustrator or photoshop you had to like learn how to make the kinds of visual representation you wanted to in a whole different way and sure because you could knock out a sketch of somebody in you know 20 minutes to an hour again depends on the detail and stuff but if you're just into photoshop or illustrator it can take you an hour to figure out where to get started in photoshop yeah. Yeah, so I would give myself, like, I wrote a children's book, and I joined a children's writing group. And I my challenge was to, you know, lay out, illustrate, write the whole book using Illustrator as a way to teach myself so that I could become fluent. So I... Um, Did that take a long time? Was it faster than doing it by hand? Oh, no, it took a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really hard. Of course, I had to overcomplicate it for myself because I wanted each page of the book to connect. So if you stretch it out long, it becomes one really long, long drawing. So, of course, frustration factor there. How do you have to learn how to do bleeds and how to line things up and folds and all of that stuff and make each of your illustrations line up? So it was a good exercise. Um, but creatively, I had something to say. So that helped. You know, it didn't have, I didn't have to think of something I wanted to do creatively. I had that in pocket. That can be make learning much easier if you know what you want. If you have a view of the end. Yes. And it's just figuring out the technical of how to make that happen. So before I turn the mic back over to Tara, let me ask you one question. Illustrator or Photoshop? Oh, I, I, that's like choosing a child. I know I would put them both in the boat and save them both. <laughs> the, the question I would ask is, I, now I'm using Sketch a lot. And I'm like, can I get rid of one? But I need all three now. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do that too. I'm actually um, using Sketch to, to do some logo work. Uh, because you can export it so easily to SVGs, but it doesn't have all the stuff that Illustrator has. So it's not, you, know, you can kind of copy and paste back and forth between them, I think, but there needs to be something that, yeah. I love Sketch for laying out website designs. Yeah, it's perfect for that, yeah. Um, but I, and I, I just, I need to use my Illustrator program to bring smart objects over into Photoshop. Yeah. So I can't do without any of them. Yeah. Well, we could geek out on, on um, <laughs> design tools probably for a lot longer, but, but I do want to kind of get away from the technical stuff a little bit and just talk a little bit more just to kind of about life and, and, and how you view life and specifically how you view success, Kathy. So you work for yourself, your husband works for yourself, and you've done that for a long time. Um, I think that wouldn't work if you weren't successful and at least in the ability to support yourselves, right? Um, but but can you talk to us a little bit about what success means to you in your business life, but maybe how that integrates also into your personal life as well? Sure. I was expecting a little bit of this question based on your podcast. And I do love that about your podcast that you talk about the human experience of things and challenges. Um, I think for personal success, which is the most difficult for me to probably articulate, um, I think I'm personally successful at being positive. I, and I don't think I get any, deserve any credit for that. I think I was just sort of like born with this chemistry that can stay very positive through incredibly difficult challenges like loss or illness or any kind of strife. Like I'm just, I'm able to 
stay really positive. And that's been a real key to my success as a person, as a personal person, you know, cause I've had cancer a couple times. I've lost relatives. Everybody has had a lot of life hardships by the time they're my age, I suppose. So that, that's something that I'm really grateful for. I, I don't really think I get a lot, I don't really give myself a lot of credit for it, but I'm really grateful that I have a very positive outlook on things. So that's how I would define my personal success. I still can eat an entire sheet cake if I'm really disgusted about something and I'm not proud of that. But <laughs> um, And professionally, how do I define professional success? Well, it has, professional success is in my work um, is facing a lot of challenges because when you do creative work, you deal with a lot of rejection or mm. um, a little bit forward, a little bit back. You're, you're, you've got three types of clients, ones that want you to just do all of the decision-making for you. And those are really fun. And then you have clients that just want to use you as a tool to make whatever they think or to do whatever they think in they don't want your advice and some of those are unsatisfying and I don't find that to be a successful way of working, but most of the time it's 50, 50, like I'll collaborate with you and you, you know, I, I want to meet your vision and make sure that, you know, what we're doing together, I can provide some insight based on my experience as well. And together we come up with something even better than one of us could do alone. So I love collaborating that way. So Good collaboration is success for me. How do you um, how do you find that? Right, you have sometimes you don't know that until you're already down the road with a non collaborative client or project. So, I guess that's something that you assess as you are in the middle of it, but it's not something you can necessarily create or avoid. Right. I mean, that's where experience comes into play. So I try to. Um, nurture that in the relationship initially and you can pretty much tell you know you can usually you can tell right from the beginning if this is going to be a good fit as they say um and sometimes i'll take on a project where i'm just the tool and i'm just going to execute these projects and that's fine as long as it's well defined up front and um i i i don't really have a preference uh but if there's not going to be a healthy collaboration and a bad fit. That's when I'm like, okay, we'll just say this isn't going to work and I'll refer them to someone else. Or, um, you know, I've, over the last few years, I've really changed the types of projects we take on. So I used to do a lot of like mom, pa websites or, um, you know, smaller local business or people who are maybe, finishing one career and moving into another of their own um, little startups. And now I do much larger projects and they're mostly B2B projects. So people are in that collaboration kind of mode more. Um, that's helpful. Yeah. I find it's really helpful to talk about how our clients work when we're vetting whether or not to take on the work. And to just chat about what's your flow, what works for you. Do you, because as you noted, Kathy, you know, there, there's a time and a place for it. You just want me to make the red bits red and the blue bits blue and make this go over there. Yeah, I can do that. But it's, if, if I think, oh, I would like to make the red bits orange and I have no creative say on that. And I thought I was going to have some, that can be as creatives, that can be hugely frustrating, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
that's that really, one. really interesting to try to weave that all together. And, and I think I totally agree with you that after a few years in, in the business of trying to figure out how people work, there'll get to be some telltale signs about, okay, this is how it's going to be. And it's, it's as much as managing our own expectations as our clients, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And setting those um, benchmarks, like we'll, we'll, we'll get to this point and you still have no idea of what you want to do or, you know, we'll just set some benchmarks as little safety measures where we'll go to this point and then if it's working, we'll move forward. If it's not, it's not. So those little safety nets are helpful. I like that. I like that. So to achieve this success, we'll, and we'll talk about professional success because it sounds like you've got a handle on on personal success. Ah, the sheet cake, that, right? Oh, hey. <laughs> you know, we, we all have our vices. We all have our challenges. And if you're in a trail running club, then you're the kind of person that could maybe eat a sheet cake and you're going to pay for it for <laughs> days and maybe not for years. So, you know, point. we compensate. We allow our strengths to compensate for our weaknesses. But let me, let me talk a little bit about professional success from from what you were saying about uh, good collaboration, what's the single most important thing you can do professionally, or maybe it's personally, to achieve that professional success, to achieve that good collaboration? Uh, communication, without a doubt. You have to be good at communication and over-communicate sometimes. And uh, I think providing status updates on how work is progressing, talking about what expectations are. I've learned so much from collaborating with other professionals. Uh, I sort of needed to collaborate because I got sick some years ago and uh, I needed to be able to hand over the studio for a period of time to someone and I'm, I really hadn't prepared for that. And uh, it also helped me with pricing work, you know, to collaborate because if I'm gonna hand sure. something, I wanna, hand, I wanna be proud of what I'm handing over to someone else or, asking them to handle for a while or indefinitely uh, what would they, what would they charge for that? And I don't want to undersell myself. So that was a good way to sort of make sure I'm not undercharging for the work I do. I guess that's a personal problem of mine. Sometimes I under it's common. bid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's common. Yeah. But Communication. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, and and, and that's that's a challenge certainly for a lot of uh, self-employed. I remember, you know, I started working for myself off uh, part time in about two thousand four, and by two thousand six, I was completely on my own. In two thousand nine, I hired an employee, and going from I make all the decisions, I do everything, but also not in an ego way, but like if, it, if I don't do it, nobody does it. To oh, somebody else wants to do some of this project. Oh. All right. I guess I <laughs> And it's not a necessarily deliberately selfish, but just my brain has been, I've wired myself to, to do all this and then to, to think about, no, I do need to talk to them. I do need to share. I do need to collaborate. That can be a challenge to kind of figure out. And I wonder how you walked yourself through that, realizing a need to collaborate and then a desire and the value and how did, how did, how did you walk yourself through that? Well, I think that, I had, a, I had a great mentor. So someone mentored me and then I began mentoring. And I think that through teaching and sharing of knowledge, you begin to collaborate better. Um, so I, I, my first employee was a, 
um, a woman who was in high school who was volunteering to learn a little bit to, to get involved in some studio work. And then she became an employee for a while and she came back through college. And so I take on an intern for a few months and then they'll stay with me for a period of time. And right now Ryan is with me. He's been with me for some time now and he studied video editing. So he doesn't necessarily have a web background, but he's got a great design eye and a digital background. And he's, um, we just, we just click creatively, creatively, and I'm happy to give him tasks. And he, he teaches me a lot and I teach him a lot. So I think mentoring back and forth helped me get comfortable with collaboration. That's really great that you found someone that you can mentor but who can also teach you some things and who, like you said, that you click with. That's, I think that's a, almost a miracle to find someone at that point in their career that it works like that. That's, that's awesome. I've seen some of the videos that you've posted lately and they're wonderful. It's a, it's a great service to offer. So that's oh, really neat. Thanks. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty terrific. He won't be here long. I'm going to, I'm sure he'll outgrow me soon, but yeah. <laughs> problem with us as small agencies is that we yeah maybe it's not full-time or it's not it's not the same kind of um, uh, permanent long-term job but that's great that he was there or is there for as long as he is it sounds like a great fit for you I'm, I'm working I'm grooming him to be a good remote worker too that's great so when he does want to move to the woods in Maine <laughs> you know he's got some part-time remote work he could count on so awesome. that will be He'll be around. We'll be friends for a long time, I'm sure. Awesome. That's Kathy, awesome. I know that you've started working a little bit um, with the WordPress uh, team, I guess, um, and, and the design team there. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement with WordPress? Sure. Um, so I've been going to WordCamps and Word, WordPress WordCamp US the last few years, and I was not able to stay for Contributor Day until this year in Nashville. So I stayed for Contributor Day because I had trouble um, beginning to contribute back to the design team online without like actually working with some people like at a Contributor Day where you have to learn track and you, there's GitHub and there's the Slack channel and then there's the handbook and there's all these different ways that the design team builds WordPress core and WordPress.org and all that stuff. And it was just very difficult to become involved on the team. So at Contributor Day, I networked with the people who um, were hosting the design table and really de dedicated myself and found a group of people we could kind of make a buddy system to learn how to use track and to get in the flow of contributing. So I highly recommend that we're starting uh, to work on onboarding designers to the team for WordPress. And we're creating, we've actually created, we're in the process of creating a buddy system setup so that people can sort of learn their way around track and, you know, how we triage and how we work on the design team. I, I love doing it. I've empowered people with WordPress over the years a lot. So I get a little self-actualization personally for contributing back now. So we, we've been doing some plug-in designs. We've been trying to onboard more designers, um, laid out some pages for wordpress.org about how to create a blog. There's really nothing on wordpress.org about 
how to make a blog or how to move your blog from another platform. So I really like working on the wordpress.org stuff a lot and doing some of the design assets and feel like uh, I really want to see it grow. I love WordPress. I love that it's open source. I love that it's a content management system. I love the community. Uh, it's just, it's just been a fantastic tool for me and it feels good to give back. It's hard to find the time all the time. Yeah. I'm not a big agency like, you know, automatic or something that can just dedicate a certain amount of staff hours. So I'm putting in at least four hours a week contributing and doing work with the That's design a significant team. Amount. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I try to keep it for. <laughs> it's interesting to hear that your experience at um, Contributor Day is what kind of pulled you in. I've tried a couple of Contributor Days and I find them overwhelming because there are so many people who want to help and there's, you know, there's only so much that the person that's sort of um, coordinating everyone can do. And so I think it's... It, it's hard to actually contribute sometimes at contributor day because nobody can really get direction of what to do next. And so if you were able to have this buddy system, it sounds like a great plan. I would love to see that incorporated in other teams within um, contributor days. So that's really good to hear. Yeah. Cause then we could follow up with each other afterwards in the Slack channel mm -hmm. on projects. And um, the two of the ladies that were, I sort of buddied up with are now leading the design team. Mm. So it's, it's been, I think the design team has really done a lot this year and uh, well with Gutenberg coming out, I think a lot of designers got pulled onto that project a lot too. Right. Right. That's good to hear. Yeah. I'm going to transition again and ask you another question that we like to ask everybody, which is about advice. So if you can share with us um, some advice that you've received one piece or maybe two uh, things that, um, people have shared with you and how you have incorporated that into your life, what it means for you. Well, I think it, I don't have anything super profound to share, but I, I will say if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You know? Yeah. If you can do that every day, say you're going to do something and do it, then you're pretty good. Things are going to, you're going to manage your stress level pretty good. You're going to get good feedback from the people around you. I think those are words to live by for sure. Yeah. yeah. Is that an, is that, does that go for an internal dialogue as well as an external one? Right. We have to be accountable to ourselves too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm much better at the professional side of that, the external side than the internal because, oh, I need to, self-care is really, really difficult because with what we do, we're always doing all these tasks and reaching extra and going further and, you know, and we don't always save enough time to, to take care of our internal selves. And that's something I really work hard at and struggle with at the same time. Yeah. When you have your own business, there's never nothing on your to-do list. There's always something that has to be done. If it's, you know, reconciling your bank account or updating your own website or creating a video for your website or oh, something. You, up, you, update, you update your own website? That's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's always on the list. I never I know. get to it. But yeah. I, yeah. So I walked this morning. I got my walk in, even though it wasn't quite as long. I, I try to try to do that. I try to, you know, 
immerse myself in nature and the beauty in the natural world for my mental and physical health on a daily basis. So that's, that's my practice. That's my meditation. I like that advice and I like applying it to both conversations, both dialogues with yourself and with others. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Sure. We've got a, we've got a little bit of time left and I just want to ask, you know, because we are human and I think while your advice is great, it's one that a lot of us in time fail to achieve. How do you fix when you failed to deliver what you said you're going to do? What does that look like? When, you know, if, if, if the advice is always do what you're going to say to do, what you're going to do, and then you don't because of life. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? Well, I guess you would apologize. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Don't let it, don't let it fester. Just be accountable for that as well. You know, immediately remedy it as best you can. Um, those are hard things to face up to, you know, cause we, no one wants to not do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. yeah. I think also when you work for yourself, you are, you, you're accountable to your client for deadlines and things, but my, in my experience, deadlines are a little softer when you're working for yourself with clients because oftentimes they don't meet their deadlines of when they're getting things to you. So I find in the times where something else has gotten in the way and the timeline has changed, first of all, clients aren't sitting usually on the edge of their seat waiting for the design step. Like they've, they haven't put it on their calendar. Um, so if you say, gosh, something else, you know, something, my week went crazy and I can't get you that till next week. Um, that you're still, you're not necessarily not doing it, but you're not doing it on time. Perhaps that it's not as big of a deal as when perhaps you're working for somebody else and they're accountable to their client. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, my clients are waiting on the edge of their seats oh, for their designs. Are. Oh wow. yes. Oh yes. <laughs> and they pretty much always get me content on time. No, I lied about that. No, <laughs> that's not true. That's not true at all. But uh, I, I think that, you know, get, I learned this from collaborating with Jackie uh, Delia. you know, she sends a status update, even if she didn't get as far into the progress, as far into a task as she thought, I've got a status update and I can, I can take that to the client and let them know we're progressing. This is where we're at. And they really appreciate that. Even if you didn't get it done as yeah. far as you thought they, you would be able to. Yeah. That's um, a good idea. It comes back to that communication, doesn't it? Yeah, everything seems to circle back to that. And when you work with friends, like I have a client, I have a business partner. So my studio, we do, you know, web design and graphic design and branding. But I also have a, a new business called Docs with Apps, where we do apps for um, orthodontic practices, using WordPress as a base. And my partner's an orthodontist. And she's a friend. So I, we have, we're friends, we're business partners. I've done her website for a practice and all this stuff. And so now we're in business together. So we had to communicate five times better and as frequently as I would with a normal client or partner, you know, because we're friends. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it, 
that's a challenge. Communicating can be hard. You know, little things fester internally and then we, ah, I'm not going to bring it up to them. And then eventually, well, they don't deserve to know it or that's a real challenge. This is, this is a topic that I think we could go on for hours, but alas, we are sadly, I'm afraid out of time. Kathy, before we say goodbye to you, would you please let, let everyone know where they can find you online? Sure. I can be found uh, on Twitter at be the breeze and my website's uh, C and D studios.com. Thanks so much for being here, Kathy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.